In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Seth Gordon, owner and CEO of Comfit Holdings. Seth, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you and thanks for taking the time again for our listeners. You know, before we get started and, and get kind of walk through your story of what, what the COVID days have, have, have brought and you know what you're what you're gonna do next, can you walk us through really what Comfit is and and uh, it looks like you I uh, have another company as well, Flow Wellness, that I would love to hear about as well. Comfit is a, a leader in fitness equipment distribution. We supply multifamily housing, corporate, park and rec, and municipality clients with anything from a dumbbell all the way up to the biggest piece of equipment in the facility, whether it's a treadmill or a, a multi-purpose machine. And um, you know, service those customer types, we offer a full turnkey service whereby we can come in, diagnose uh, what their needs are, help with the layout, design, installation, and then thereafter, we also do service and preventative maintenance. Um, recently, uh, and I know this is a topic of, of this discussion, we've, we've had to pivot a little bit to, to stay strong and, and continue to develop and grow our business. And uh, therefore, we did launch a new business called Flow Wellness that focuses on the disinfecting of fitness facilities, as well as wipes, sanitizer, and dispensers uh, for those products, as well as a flooring business uh, that we've now uh, introduced to our customers. It seems like you know you started uh, your career really in the investment side and, and moved into really fitness and building this great company. How did that all come about? Actually, I started in, in sales and marketing and spent my career as an operator. Uh, I did take a, a little bit of a turn into the investment side and spent some time uh, working under private equity, and mostly because uh, the last company that I operated was private equity owned. I learned quite a bit about value creation and how to bring back shareholder returns. And so uh, what that did for me is it said to me, I, I enjoy running companies and I enjoy building companies and want to do it as, a, as an owner of the business as opposed to just a hired gun, which is where I was before. Got it. You know, it's, uh, of course, operators throughout, throughout the United States and really the world are going through changes uh, due to COVID. I wanted to learn about, you know, what, how did COVID uh, really affect your business? Oh, it's, uh, it's been an interesting run here. Uh, we're, we're still adapting to it and, and adjusting to what those changes are, but we saw it coming early and we adjusted relatively quickly. You know, first thing was, was transitioning uh, an inside workforce into a remote work environment we saw quite a few fitness facilities close. Well, actually, all the fitness facilities closed, which created a strain on our operations, specifically our installation and our service teams. And then we saw an influx of residential uh, requests, you know, where primarily we were focused more towards B2B. All of a sudden, 
every friend of an aunt or an uncle or a cousin started contacting us looking for dumbbells or some sort of equipment to put in their homes. And that created its own level of stress as we transitioned our business uh, to service a customer that we were not accustomed to servicing. But all in all, you know, health and wellness is more important than ever. And we kept our eye focused on that. And so uh, we're optimistic uh, that uh, as this passes, uh, our business will continue to grow and, and thrive. And we're just making sure that we position ourselves uh, to be able to handle it when that comes. Did you create a new segment for the consumer side or is that just something that you're doing in the interim or do you not service consumers at all? We do, but we generally will support more of the high net worth uh, consumer. We do offer a high level brand of products. So we offer a premium product. We've always serviced uh, this customer type. Where Where it's been a little bit more challenging is that transitioning from a company that buys for order to buys to stock and being able to support customers that want it immediately has been a little bit of a transition for us. Because even in those early days of servicing that that high-end residential customer, it wasn't as time-sensitive as it became with COVID, whereby all of a sudden people lost their ability to go to their fitness facility and needed their a workout regimen in their home the next day. And that was a, was quite challenging for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. What changes did you make to your business over the last, you know, three, four, five months? I know you said, you know, you have a new customer coming to you now, but what changes did you have to make internally in your business? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could look at down cycles or or pandemics in two ways. You could look at it as a woo as me, or you could look at it as an opportunity to uh, develop and improve your organization. And we looked at it as an opportunity right from the start. The first thing, we had a, a team that was uh, relatively underutilized due to the lack of availability of our customers. Uh, so we immediately put in some new systems to improve the way that we dispatch and manage our uh, service and installation teams. We launched a couple new businesses, as I mentioned. We got into the disinfecting service and product business uh, to help our customers get their facilities up and running as quickly as possible. And then, of course, that opened up a whole nother customer segment as well as our flooring business, which just made us more turnkey and provided more products that were easy to clean, easy to disinfect and appropriate for their applications. And then we focused back on what is our strategy? What is our plan? We lead through utilizing a playbook mentality here where everybody has three to five areas of focus and managing towards that so that we can get the most out of each individual in the organization and continue to focus our goals uh, to achieve our long-term goals and not be too focused on what's happening right in front of us. I love the playbook idea. I know it's uh, coming from a sales background. Uh, that's how I uh, typically have run the teams as well. So I, I love that because it's it's both expectations on both sides are, are set from the beginning and you can basically administer to those. That's great. Yeah, that's right. And you know where to put your resources, you know where your time is being spent and you don't end up uh, roughshodding uh, your way through a strategy where you're just you know, being reactionary to everything. It's all about being proactive and, and being focused on what your end goal is. Absolutely. Seth, what was uh, what was the hardest part of, you know, changes that you had to make to your, your business uh, during these COVID days? Yeah, the most difficult part is was really maintaining culture and, and team when all of a sudden everybody was remote. That was somewhat challenging to us. Still differentiating ourselves from our competitors, you know, being focused on value add and what is our value prop and how how do we not just become a commoditized product line whereby it's just uh, being you know cost driven uh, and then how do we consistently work to improve our team and how we communicate as a team 
while at the same time investing in growth and yet cutting unnecessary costs. So it's quite a balancing act of, of trying to you know, maintain resiliency and focus. Are there, as you were going through this, were there any resources that you look to or, or anything that you think helped you get through this that you can share with our listeners? Oh, I, I think the team itself, you know, our, my family and my support system was a big thing. Uh, you know, we all had to, to pull together in, in our, we look at our, you know, the families of our team members as our extended family, because without their support, you know, working from home and being able to also teach your kids and do all the things that were asked of us and are still being asked of us today um, could not be done. So, you know, I would say that the, the biggest uh, thing I would say as far as my support was extending my support system out to uh, to friends and family and, fa- and friends and family of our of our team members uh, was probably the biggest thing. You know, secondarily, we did become more comfortable with these, uh, you know, Zoom uh, meetings, and there were a plethora of them. And we saw those and we watched them. And, and being that you were home and you had more flexible schedules because of being so focused on time, I was able to participate in more of those and learn from people that had, had done it and that had succeeded through either previous down cycles or, or even we're, we're doing it now. And we, we got a lot of great ideas off of it. Pre-COVID and, and a portion, you know, of, of what people think about is what post-COVID days look like, what that new normal looks like, but some learning coming from, you know, any shifts that happened pre-COVID. What, what are some behavior trends that you noticed were kind of different over the last few years before COVID? Yeah, you know, you had been seeing a, a shift towards uh, multifamily housing. So that's a, a key customer type of ours. You've been seeing a lot of people move from larger homes into more com- community-based uh, facilities where there's some amenities. And those amenities are very different than what we'd been accustomed to before. We'd also seen a, a pretty consistent trend in people investing in their health and well-being I think obesity has kind of become such a big issue uh, in our society, and it took a long time for people to adapt to it. But you're starting to see that more and more, which certainly plays into to our business. And I think our, our the resiliency of our team in general had strengthened as the competitive landscape had gotten uh, so much tighter. Because in such a long cycle of success where we saw just a, a market that was booming over a very long period of time, you had a lot of me too competitors that had come to the space that required us to evolve and think differently about how do we stand out and provide different value as a real organization, as opposed to a competitor who's kind of new to the space and maybe doesn't have the resources and, and reach that we have, but also can go at lower prices because of that lack of expense. So how do you balance the two and make it work? And, and those were some of the trends that we've been looking at and, and we're still seeing today. And, and we suspect some of that will move out over the, you know, in the period, you know, that we're going through now, but just makes us want to raise the bar a little bit more, be, be better and stronger. Uh, for our customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the future of just gyms and fitness facilities in your mind? What's going to happen over the next you know, few years? I think you're going to see fitness facilities uh, come back. I think the paid dues clubs are, are going to go through a retraction and we're seeing that right now. Uh, many of them have closed. Many of them are, are uh, shrinking in size. Um, the specialty fitness facilities seem to be performing pretty well. 
So those are kind of your, you know, your kickboxing studios and taekwondo's, maybe some of your martial arts things, your yoga studios. You're starting to see a, a little bit more of that. Smaller facilities that are more community based, and then we're seeing just a big influx in amenities that you're seeing on the multifamily housing sector. I think corporate is going to come back, whereby it's going to be providing those services to those uh, to the employees within these buildings. And then Park and Rec, I think, is going to be really strong, too, because people are going to be looking for ways of connecting with their community, but yet still getting out and being active. And then lastly, probably the biggest trend that we've seen over the last three, four months here has been outdoor fitness, uh, which is really spiking. And we've created a bunch of new products to, to service that market, whereby people can get out and about and not have to feel like they're on top of each other and they can do different exercises than what they've done before and still stay active. Yeah, no, interesting, interesting. So you're you're in your the way that you're thinking about things. You think specialty fitness is going to continue to grow. I think maybe the larger footprints might shrink a little bit, and we'll see a little bit of a different facility type of schema in in our communities. Is that is that how you're looking at it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Interesting. What what do you think based on you know these shifts and trends kind of changing? Are there going to be new demands that come from consumers? Is there going to be new technology that you need to implement to be able to reach these consumers? What does the future look like in your mind? Technology has been a big mover over the last uh, five years. You know, Peloton is the is the sexy uh, mover today that everybody likes to reference and, and talk about. It's not inexpensive. So you're only going to hit a certain clientele with that. But as technology continues to get incorporated into more and more equipment, the cost will come down. And, that, and that's something where we think you're going to see a pretty healthy trend uh, towards going forward. But I think the, the probably the biggest takeaway, at least from my perspective, is there's two different types of mentalities as it relates to health and wellness or fitness. You have the person that's really capable of working out at home, and that person is likely building a facility in their house right now and will continue to utilize things like Peloton. And then you have the other half, which they can't. They need accountability. They want to go somewhere. They want to see people. And that's why you're going to continue to see these facilities active and important and continue to thrive going forward. Seth, as people again get back in the groove of uh, trying to you know, either rebuild their business or open up their business, whatever the case may be, whatever their situation is, what advice do you have for them? The biggest advice I would say is uh, lean on leadership, lead your teams with passion and compassion ensure the safety of of your team first and then the the safety of of those that are that are coming into your facility and you know covid is just one example but this the whole concept of infectious disease and bacteria and and illness and virus it, this is not new this has been around forever i think that people just haven't been aware so now we've shined a, a big bright light on it but let's not lose track of the importance of being healthy and being active. I think that's one thing that's being underplayed right now throughout the media is we're talking a lot about COVID and we're not really talking about the people that are having the biggest negative effect by COVID, which in most cases are those that are not staying active and are not being healthy. And we should be talking more about what can you do to protect yourself, building up an immunity and uh, allow yourself to be healthy. And, and the, the primary uh, things are, are being active, getting plenty of vitamin D and keeping yourself mentally healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the positives, at least for me, that have come out of you know these COVID days. I'm, I'm able to exercise a little bit more, spend more time with family, 
And uh, it feels good now keeping these, you know, keeping these habits as, as people get back into the into the world as, as we get to this new normal, I think is going to be key for, for people that have actually, you know, been able to shift their life a little bit during this time. And I, and I know to your point, there's, there's people that have gone in the other direction. I think it's important for them to really focus on health and wellness and fitness and, and just keeping their mental health very strong during these days. Yeah, absolutely. This is not the time to, uh, you know, sit on your couch and, and gouge yourself with, uh, with sugar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seth, if anyone wants to learn more about ComFit, how do they get hold of uh, you, the team? Visit of our website, com, C-O-M-M hyphen F-I-T dot com. Uh, you'll find all of our contact information on there. You can also send us an email at sales at C-O-M-M hyphen F-I-T dot com. And uh, one of our many uh, sales uh, or sales support team members would be happy to chat with you and, and help you out. Seth, one more question for you. If someone's traveling to Dallas, I know right now travel's a little controversial, but as people start to travel back, what are some of your favorites in the Dallas area? Oh, uh, well, if you're, if you're a sports fan, there's no better uh, area than the Arlington area where there's the new stadiums and there's a lot of great restaurants there. If you're looking for some great steakhouses, you could do that. And, uh, you know, just you don't have to go far to find a great steakhouse or a Mexican restaurant. And in Dallas, and then if you're in Fort Worth, the the good old Stockyards is uh, is always a fun spot to something different that you're not going to find elsewhere, where you can see cattle walking down the streets and uh, go check out a rodeo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks again, Seth, for joining us today. That was a wealth of information. Appreciate you joining and, and spending time with us. Yeah, thank you very much, Bobby. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.